Hello and welcome to another episode of Backyard Catch Podcast. This is Nick Roby and I'm once again joined by our good friend, Mr. Will Harper. Mr. Harper, how are you doing on this fine day of fall, October, 90 degrees? Oof. <laughs> I'm great right now. I'm in the air conditioning. Going mm. outside, walking my dog earlier was brutal. But, hey, we live in the South. That's what we signed up for. So, we'll eventually hit fall, like, maybe by the time we hit Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, one can hope that eventually that football will get to have some cooler, crisp air, you know. One can just dream of it. I'll still be wearing t-shirts and Williams Bryce come first of November. Guarantee it. Yeah. It's probably especially in Columbia. It is always ten degrees hotter in Columbia, it seems like. Yeah, I think because there's so much pavement down there, you know. Just so much for it bouncing off. Yeah, it's the armpit of the South is what I've what I've heard of it referred to before. <laughs> I I've I've heard that as well. But I'll let you say it. Um, no, yes, we had another fun week this week with football, um, with NFL. What, were there any games or anything that really stood out to you from this past week? Yeah, um, I want to talk about the Philly Green Bay game from last Thursday. So, coming into it, Green Bay was undefeated, but I mentioned before, they were like the ugliest undefeated team. Yeah. Uh, They were undefeated, but they hadn't really looked good doing it. And this was probably the game that their offense has looked the best, but they still took a loss. Um, my boy Devontae finally showed out a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, he hurt his toe at the end of the game. He's probably going to be out maybe a week or actually probably a couple weeks, which which sucks. But it is what it is. But, yeah, the, the offense looked pretty good. I mean, the running game wasn't great. Philly did a pretty good job shutting down the run game. But Philly's pass defense, whew. Not too good at all. But, yeah, Philly hung in there and actually ended up getting the win. I know. They, they definitely seemed like they needed that to get back in, you know, get back into the into the conversation. Yeah, it was uh, – I agree. Green Bay, they were undefeated, but they did seem like they're kind of stumbling kind of into it. And so I think there's things they can work on for sure. But, yeah, losing Devontae Adams for a couple weeks at least is going gonna, is gonna to hurt for sure. But – it was nice to see him have a have a game that we thought he could. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. Um and and one game too that was really interesting for me, just in conflicting. I know just you as a Panthers fan were we're keeping up with this, but Panthers Texans was really interesting of just having guys that I cheer for and then usually I'm rooting for the Panthers too. But then also that I don't have the some of those players on my team. I'm actually like playing against a couple of them so you're like rooting against them at the same time right it's a, weird, it's a weird set of feelings of okay like i don't want this guy to do well okay, i don't want deandre hopkins to get a bunch of yards which he didn't he actually had a really like lower game than normal but that whole dynamic is really interesting i was i was impressed too with i feel like kyle allen is really stepping up his game you know like he's not gonna be one of the top guys in the league right now but just the way he's his composure like that third down play when they're driving to kind of take the the lead and seal the game he like spins away from jj watt and then throws this strike for a first down there's a different plays like that were really impressive and then it was interesting i don't know if you saw this but a reporter asked 
Deshaun Watson after the game, like why they didn't take more downfield shots and like having him like break down how the Panthers were in cover four and like, you know, you have yeah. these safeties in the top and then you've got Luke Keekley in the middle who's like eats up everything. He's like, well, we try to be him on the double post, but I just missed a couple throws and, you know, you just try to take the best you can, but there wasn't as much room, you know, like it seems like there's more room, but he's like, really, there's only so much we can do with how good they were playing too. Right, and it's kind of like it really doesn't happen in sports much where these reporters ask these ridiculous questions that they usually get answers like, we didn't play up to what we should, or like, they don't go into details, and they actually hear him go into details, which he probably kind of did in spite of just kind of the way he was asked the question. Yeah. Um, but to like go into that much detail of it, it was pretty It was pretty sweet to hear. Like the, all the, like, how he remembered all of that stuff from the game and all the coverages and just everything that happened. It's pretty cool. Um, I was going to say about the game. Oh, okay. So they've already announced that Kyle Allen's going to be starting again next week when the Jacks come into town. The mm. week following that, they go to London uh, to play the early game against the Bucks. After right. that, they have a bye week. So there's two more games and a bye week. So we know Allen's starting this week. I would imagine that Allen's also going to start in London. in London. I don't think they're going to bring Cam back, especially with the bye coming the next week. Yeah. So hypothetically, let's say that the Panthers can somehow win these next two games. Going into the next week, when Cam could potentially be healthy, Mm-hmm. Would you play an zero and two Cam Newton or four and zero Kyle Allen? If Cam says he's healthy, how how healthy is Cam? Like if you're gonna give a percentage, like what well, would you- I th- I think that based on what I kind of know about the situation, Cam didn't really like he's been playing hurt, and the way he's gonna go forward now is he's not gonna play until he feels like he's ready. So if he comes out and says that he's ready in week eight or whatever it is, yeah, week eight, what do you do? Do you play the guy that's 4-0 as a starter, or do you play the guy that's 0-2, but granted he was hurt and he's been your franchise quarterback for the past eight, nine years? Like, what kind of is, isn't he a, situation is that? He's in a contract here too, isn't he? Well, he's got next year on his contract, but if the Panthers cut him, then they would have to pay him $21 million, and it's only a $2 million dead cap. So this could potentially be his last year with yeah, the Panthers. I think, I think what it is is that unless Kyle Allen, like, really balls out to where he's, like, you know, he's so hot that, like, how do you, like, stop him? You know, saying he's throwing for 300 yards a game, three touchdowns every game type of a thing. I think you have to at least try Cam Newton again. Um, Just because he's been your franchise quarterback, you know, and it's really hard to get one. And just to kind of see, like, you know, is there still stuff there that's worth investing in, you know? Because say you're thinking about cutting him, you know, and say you give him a couple more games and it's still kind of a stinker. And you're like, okay, it, I, you know, like, I guess just get, it gives you some more stuff. Because I think the way he's been playing the past couple years is kind of a little bit more. It's just the reality of, you know, where he's been right now versus like MVP a few years ago. 
So yeah. I I think you play him a little bit more, but if he's still not doing like the leash is shorter for sure, and you know I think you just want to see what you've got left with him. Right. I think it's a really interesting predicament if that were to be the case. Now, if they come out and they lose one or both the next two games and Cam says he's healthy, I think it's a no-brainer. Like, okay, Cam's our starter. He says he's healthy. We're going to at least put him in there. But if but if somehow they do go 2-0 and over the next two weeks and Kyle Allen's – well, I guess he'd be 5-0 starter because he won the meaningless game last year and the last week of the season against the Saints' backups – yeah, but he'd be undefeated as a starter. And yeah, I think it'd be a tough little situation. Um, another game that I want to hit on is the New England Buffalo game. Mm. So this New England offense has been untouchable this year. This New England defense has been outstanding. And then Buffalo, I mean, they, they held the offense down a pretty good bit and only lost by six. Josh Allen, Josh Allen exited with a was it a concussion? I think. Yeah, I think you're but right. Yeah, he got hurt. Um, but they hung in there right with the Patriots. It's been by far the toughest game the Patriots have been in this year. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo, I mean, they look they look pretty legit. I mean, it's the only loss they have, and it's by six to New England. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a nice little resume they have there. Uh, a fourth of the way into the season. It's pretty great, and especially when all things pointed to Frank Gore staying on my bench, and then he goes out and rushes for 109 yards against the Patriots. So, and hits the 15,000 career mark, which yeah. is absurd. He's only like the third or fourth player to ever do it. Yeah, I mean it's it's impressive. It's really hard to get those kind of numbers. You have to be running for that really long, and it's pretty crazy that he's he feel like he's been there for forever, but he's always yeah. Just, I remember when he was at Miami. I was like in fifth grade. <laughs> it seems like, but I'm, yeah, he's he's been doing it for a long, long time. I feel like he's gonna be sore for a, a long time for the rest of his life. Just all those hits you take as a running back. And what's what's amazing about it is that, like, I remember in college, he tore his ACL or something. He but he had a pretty tough injury, and when he got into the league, he was kind of injury prone. But like the mm-hmm. past. Seven, eight years, he's just been rock solid. Like, he, he doesn't get hurt anymore. And you would think the older you get, the more injury prone you get. But it's kind of been the opposite with him. He's yeah. the fountain of youth. He's got a genie somewhere granting him wishes to stay young. Yeah. So. Um, that's good. And then, yeah, hopefully he'll keep keep playing out some more. And then one more game I wanted to, to mention, because I caught the end of this one, but was the Chiefs and the Lions. Like this was a back and forth crazy game. You had uh, the Lions driving on the goal line. Carry on Johnson's trying to get more of those goal line situations. Gets the ball, fumbles on the goal line. The Chiefs take it back to take it for a defensive touchdown. Go and take the lead. They've been bouncing back and forth. The Lions, I think, I, think, I don't know if it's Galladay or not, but. They throw a touchdown. He drags his feet just barely. They go ahead with like two minutes to play. And the Chiefs need, it's like 30 to 27, and the Chiefs need a touchdown to win. Like you don't get that far. And then Mahomes just led this really, I was just impressed with the way, I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot of him. I've watched some, but when they're on those out of market games, you don't always get to watch. Right. And 
he just led a really impressive drive that was just very methodical, but also took a lot of time off the clock. And they just let let him down, and he just helped him get that uh, touchdown with seconds left in the game. So I think I was just it was impressive to see not just like these big like bombs, which is good, but just to see the quarterback methodical, like we're going to drive down to win the game and knowing like what was the best play and all that stuff too. And even not throwing any touchdowns either. That's the crazy part is that it, right. it, just, it felt like it was, it was an impressive quarterback game for him. I felt like. Right. So it's not, that's not my homes like at all. He's throwing 50, 60 yard bombs week in and week out to either Hardman or Robinson or Watkins or somebody they're catching these huge touchdowns. He's throwing three to five a week, it seems like. And then to have a game where just wasn't all there, he still, I mean, he still had over 300 yards, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the focus on the ground game more. And Daryl Williams got a couple scores. And I guess, yeah, Shady got a score too. But to see that and see him actually win a game on the ground was pretty cool. That play with Kerryon Johnson was weird because it was. Like, everybody was just standing around, and all of a sudden he just takes off running, and the refs are like, we're not going to blow the whistle yet. <laughs> yeah. And it's just gone. So it's, it was – I didn't see it live. I saw it on, like, a game break or whatever. Right, yeah. And then just to see just to see it happen, and everybody just kind of standing around, all of a sudden they take off running the other way. And I was like, man, that's, that's why you play until the you hear the, you hear the whistle blow. I know. Good old Bashar Breland. <laughs> Took it back to the house. Oh, I know. The biggest upset of the week was definitely the Bucks going into Los Angeles and mm-hmm. upsetting the Rams. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. That not just upsetting, but like they won fifty five to forty. Like they scored fifty five points on that Rams defense too. Right. Crazy. All right, you ready to hop on some players from Let's last week? Yeah. All right, so this is the first week that I have a theme. So my theme this week is going to be players that balled out and had great stats but did not find the end zone. And mm-hmm. it was like two players in that I realized this, and then I was like, okay, well, I'll make it work for other two as well. So – my quarterback is going to be Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Now, the Falcons lost this week to the Titans, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, 24 to 10. And so I follow a lot of Braves, like beat writers and other things like that on Twitter. But they're also Falcons fans because, I mean, it's just an Atlanta thing. Um, so to see them. <laughs> Just completely incinerate the Falcons. It was pretty funny. But mm-hmm. Matt Ryan ended up with 397 pass yards. So almost 400, which is a ton of passing yards. He also added 18 rush yards, uh, but no touchdowns. Which has kind of been Matt Ryan's thing going back in the past. Like up until the end of last year, the running joke on Julio Jones was that he's going to get you 130 receiving yards a week. But he's going to get no touchdowns. Uh, he's kind of this the end of their end of last year and the beginning of this year. He's kind of put that persona aside, scored some, yeah. some touchdowns. But I remember like pretty much the first half of all of last year, he might have had like one or two touchdowns. 
Right. Uh, yeah, he would. He'd go out. He'd ball out. And he'd dominate between the twenties. Once he got in the red zone, they just didn't look his way. So I'm going with Matt Ryan as my quarterback. No, it's a good choice. And also, what's crazy too is he threw for almost 400 yards, and they only scored 10 points. You know, like that he is they, them as a team. They just didn't seem to execute in the red zone and really get points. Um. So for me, I chose uh, Jared Goff. Um, from that Rams and Bucks game, I mean, they scored 40 points themselves. Their defense just gave up a lot of points, too. Um, and Goff, I picked, just his numbers are crazy when you think about it. He went 45 for 68, uh, 517 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw three picks and did have a, a fumble. But the, the thing I wanted to point out was, especially he threw, like, attempted 68 passes, which I think is, like, the third most all-time. And I mean, 500 yards in any level of football is just, it's a lot of yards. For sure. And to be that accurate, too, um, with all of that. Um, so that was it, just for the sheer gaudiness of the yards and the attempts. That's why I went with Goff. <laughs> for sure. All right. My running back is. So this was the second one when I was doing my list and when I realized that I had two that didn't have any touchdowns. Um, and as somebody that – do you have players that you just feel gross about? Yeah. Like, there's nothing really against them. Like, I have nothing against this guy. Um, I actually kind of – I like the way he runs. I like the way – I really like the way he ran in college. But it's just something about him that it just feels gross. Either having them on your fantasy team or – Whatever, but it's Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Maybe it's just he plays for the Jaguars. But this week he had 225 rushing yards, mm. additional 20 receiving yards. He he really balled out uh, for the Jags in their uh, comeback win over the Broncos. Did you watch any of that game? No, I didn't get to watch that one. Gotcha. It, was, so it wasn't the game on here. But at the end of the game, like, if your game is, like, the first or second one to end in the window, they'll, like, go into other games that are close. You can see them. So I got to sit in at the Jacksonville-Denver game. And it was it was actually pretty fun. Uh, but, yeah, Fournette balled out this week, 225 on the ground, 20 through the air. So uh, against my own intuition and cleanliness, I chose Leonard Fournette. Mm. Sometimes you just you got you got to take one for the team, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice. So I went um I went with my namesake this week at running back. I went with uh, a Nicholas Chubb, um from the Cleveland Browns. Great he, choice. Yeah, he had twenty rushes for one hundred sixty five yards, three touchdowns, and a cool little eighteen yards receiving as well. And. He, I mean, he balled out, especially against the Ravens defense, who are known for having a, a strong defense. He, and at home, he, they just like were committed to the run game with this, and you know, especially when they they get up and they're trying to protect the lead, he really just kept pounding away, which is really what he and Michelle would do at Georgia, is that they would just pound and grind with the run game and just wear people down, and I think it shows that that this Browns offense can be really dangerous uh, when they have all these pieces. Cause even Odell, 
uh, Beckham. He only had two catches for 20 yards. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Um, I do love when you pull up the Cleveland Browns um, thing. The first video that pops up is OBJ upset and lost his earring in altercation. That's fun. (laughs) (laughs) But just, just saying how impressive that is, that there's so many options that are really potentially there for them. But I do think Chubb is really going to be the main back. But what's also interesting with the, with the Browns too, is they'll eventually get uh, Kareem Hunt too. So, you know, you've got, you've got him as well, which he might be, I feel like when guys are gone for a long time, uh, due to suspension or just being out for a long time, like their numbers turn out to be a little different. Like they're still good and maybe not as good. So I do wonder in how many touches, but still for this week, Chubb, Chubb balled out for sure. Oh yeah. I have him on my, um, so the league I've been in the longest, I have him in that league and we do that one through Yahoo. So I have like one platform through Yahoo, one on sleeper, one on ESPN. So I got all these different things to check week in and week out, but Yahoo actually sends you like scoring updates. Mm-hmm. So at one point, like I would just look down and then it said Nick Chubb, one yard touchdown. I'm like, all right, great. A little bit later, Nick Chubb, 20 yard touchdown. And then I finally got the Nick Chubb 88 yard touchdown rush. And I was like, got this win in the bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the 88 yarder was a beauty. That was pretty nice. And also, just for a little running back shout out, since we're on running backs, in my game this week, I was up by. Uh, 23, almost like 24 points. And I and my, my opponent had like, had just one guy left. He had James Conner left uh, to play on Monday night. And he didn't even score like 24 points. Uh, he scores 22.5. Yeah, I saw that. It was, it was very close. Because he, he had 42 yards rushing, but then also 83 yards receiving and a touchdown. It it was cutting it close. Yeah, you're sitting with you. You were sitting a little tight there, yeah, last night. So, but but he, we we both still undefeated. Yeah, I'll take both it. Both our matchups. No, no shame in fantasy. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have the most points. It just matters if you have the most points against your opponent that week. That's right. A little update on the trade last week too. I ended yes, up yes. accepting accepting my portion of it, but the guy who was actually trading away McCaffrey. Uh, did not go through with the trade and traded him straight up for Joe Mixon, Denard Robinson, and two first-round picks in next year and the year after his rookie draft. So, honestly, I don't blame him because that's probably a better deal. But in that trade that he declined with us, he would have gotten Nick Chubb and Leonard Fournette. <laughs> so he's, so he's... It, it, it really cost him this past week. But, yeah, long-term, he probably made the better bet. But it's kind of funny that your running back and my running back are the two running backs that he would have gotten for CMC in that trade that didn't go through. Yeah. So, thus far tonight, my phone is not blowing up. My watch isn't vibrating. No trade offers yet. So, night's still young. We'll see. Oh, yeah. No. All right, moving on to the receiver. On Thursday night, I texted Nick, and I was like, I have my receiver of the week. (laughs) Uh, It's been a long time coming. It's Devontae Adams. 
He had 10 catches for 180 yards. Like I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, he he hurt his toe there at the end, and he wasn't in the game for the most crucial part of it whenever they were down, I think even on the one-yard line, and they had four consecutive incompletions. Uh, I, I mean, they should have tried to run at least once, but it's just my opinion. Um, but, yeah, 10 for 180. They made it a point to get him the ball. He was just open all the time in the secondary. Just burning people, uh, juking them out. Uh, just found ways to be open to beat the coverage that uh, Philadelphia was throwing at him. So I said it on Thursday, and I'm sticking with it. Devontae Adams, my receiver of the week. There you get go. Well soon, Devontae. Hmm? I said, get well soon, Devontae. I need you oh, back. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. You definitely need him back because you have him on every team. This uh, is- no, yeah, we. I, I don't like when guys get injured like that. Um, but I, I chose this week, I chose in the Bucks game as well, but I chose on the opposite side. I chose Tr- Chris Godwin as my wide receiver. He had 12 receptions for 172 yards and two TDs, really just going off and on the defense. I mean, Winston really had a, a game, and I don't even think people really expected – this from the Tampa Bay offense. I mean, knowing that there's a, there is potential, but but not like this, especially in a game against a good Rams defense. So Godwin, who I think he's been hurt off and on too. You know, he even got 14 targets too. Um, so he even could have gotten a couple more. But just yeah, impressive week on the road um, and balling out for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. He he and Mike Evans are like two of the top three or four receivers in fantasy football right now, which is crazy because they're on the same <laughs> the same team. And yeah. Jameis is their quarterback, but that's the Bruce Arians effect, like in full force. Bruce Arians said in the offseason that he didn't plan on taking Chris Godwin off the field, and he's proven it because Chris Godwin is balling out. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the tight ends, rounding it out with another tight end, uh, another player that failed to find the end zone. And part of the reason that he failed to find the end zone is because his quarterback failed to find the end zone that I talked about earlier, and it's Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper has been great this year. Now, you were thinking an offense with Julio and Calvin Ridley and Devontae Freeman, who's a pretty good pass catching back. Muhammad Sanu, like where would the targets be for a tight end that's like not even – he's not a highly regarded tight end. He's not like a Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz or somebody like that. But he's making a name for himself. Nine for 130 is an outstanding stat line, mm-hmm. especially for a tight end that's been kind of a, a bleak landscape in fantasy. Like if you have one of the top – four or five tight ends, then you have a huge leg up on everybody else. And Hooper's working his way up into that category. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a, a gap between the first few and the rest of the league. I know I'm in that boat right now trying to – trying to. I feel like I'm playing tight end by committee right now, personally. <laughs> but, yeah, no, he, he had a great week. And, listen, tight ends just being about consistent, too, just being that open guy and – just getting whether or not they can get the ball. Um, so this week, you know, going, I guess my theme is it's kind of playing out is I just picked between 
uh, only two games from the weekend because I'm going back to the Browns and Ravens game. And then, as Will and I were talking before the podcast, just felt like to keep up the theme of back-to-back weeks of picking a, a tight end that we haven't really heard of as much unless you're super into NFL and fantasy football. And also, he has a, a three-name, uh, full name, which always is a plus. So I, I took Ricky Seals-Jones. And one of the names is an animal. Mm. <laughs> Makes it's it even better. Even better. Even better. He Now, he only had three receptions, but it was for 82 yards and a touchdown with a long of 59 yards. And he, only, and he caught all of his targets. So just being that consistent guy for Baker Mayfield. But really just had a great week. And listen, tight ends about you taking advantage of the opportunities that they give you. And the Browns, they're going to have opportunities to, to spread the ball around. So but that's my pick of the week, Ricky Seals-Jones. Nice. RSJ. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some upcoming games from this coming weekend. Let's start off. Let's talk about the Thursday night game first, the Rams and the Seahawks. Yeah. A pair of NFC West teams, which the NFC West has three legit teams, it's looking like. The the Niners are the last undefeated team in the um, NFC, and then the Rams and the Seahawks are both three and one. So the Rams-Seahawks going at it. We get Goff versus Wilson. Hopefully, hopefully another high-scoring affair. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, another game that I want to hit on is on the very opposite end of the spectrum, the Monday night game. Mm-hmm. They're making up for last night's uh, slobber knocker with the aforementioned 49ers against the Cleveland Browns. So if you would have told me two years ago the Browns versus the Niners on Monday Night Football would have me excited, I would have called you a ball face liar. But it does. Like, I'm excited to see Debo. I'm excited to see Garoppolo and this Niners offense and even their defense, which has been kind of the big surprise of all of it. Yeah. Uh, go up against Chubb and Baker and Odell and Landry and all those weapons that they have on offense. And then their defense, led by sack artist Miles Garrett. So that's got me pretty excited. What about you? What's a couple of games you're looking forward to? No, that's me good. Also, they've definitely been pushing the Browns to be on national TV, I feel like, a lot. Whenever we yes. talk about this, it's definitely like, Browns on Monday night. Browns a Sunday night football game. Um, I mean, yeah, the Thursday night is going to be big, for sure, um, to see how that kind of plays out. Um, another one that looks big, big too, is just you've got two perennial powerhouses, and we've got the Packers and Cowboys, mm-hmm. four twenty-five game, um, and they're both three and one, and both are looking for a bounce back week too, you know, which always adds another factor to that. I think, I think we're starting to get. It's, this is where it gets interesting with Aaron Rodgers because it's they've got a new offense and it's been, you know, I feel like it's we're they were still in the honeymoon phase of it, like trying to tiptoe and kind of feel it out. But now with Devontae out, too, I kind of feel like Rodgers is about to go off pretty soon. He hasn't really had those big weeks that we've kind of expected. So I don't know if it's against the Cowboys or not and with not having Devontae, but I just kind of feel like he's getting ready for just to start chucking the ball all over the place. Right. Uh, And it could be be against the Cowboys. Who knows? But that'll be an interesting game for sure. Um, And then another one to... I think just I, I think just wanting to see like 
for example, they keep talking about the Bucks, but can the Bucks keep it up against in division with the Saints? You know, can, right. they, can they keep the offense up what they're doing, or is it like fluky what they were doing this past week? Right. Or, you know, and then you have like the Titans and the Bills. The Titans kind of won when it was a little more unexpected, and the Bills, you know, can the Bills keep up this like defense, or is this first month really just kind of been um, them taking people by surprise, and then they come back down to earth a little bit? You know, like you have some of those kind of. I feel like now that we're getting into October, you're starting to get a little bit more separation from teams as they're starting to feel themselves out, and you're starting to get more of the who are the real contenders this year and who are teams that are really more of middle of the pack or lower um, this year. So that we've got a couple of those kind of games this week, I feel like. Gotcha. Yeah. I've got uh, two games to file under. Never would I ever want to watch these games. One is the 4-0 Patriots versus the 0-4 Redskins. That's going to be total annihilation. That's going to be bad, yeah. And the other one is the 0-3-1 Arizona Cardinals versus the 0-4 Cincinnati Bengals. Now, there's actually probably going to be some offense in that game, a lot more so than the uh, Bears and Raiders game that's also on, which is a Khalil Mack revenge game. But Oh, yeah. The Arizona-Cincinnati match, <laughs> not looking forward to it. Yeah, it'd be fun to see if Kyler can get put up some numbers, but other than that... Yeah, one of them... One should get their first win on the season. We we could see another tie. I was going to say, where, where do we see another It's already happened this year. I don't... Has any team ever tied twice in the same year? Not that I know of, but... We'd, I'd have to look that up, but I, it's definitely possible. I think I think those are strong candidates for it because <laughs> you you know you got a lot of points and then some miss you gotta have some miscues too you know like both teams have an opportunity to win one misses a field goal one fumbles it and then they just run out of time you know so the opportunity is sure. definitely there for sure yeah I like it so that's all I got for this week there we go I like it. Well, guys, that's that's it for us. Thanks for uh, tuning in this week. Um, we really appreciate it. And just remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, share with your friends, BeckerCatch.com. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, um, and more. So remember just to follow us and share. And so, But we thank you so much. And for now, we're signing off.